0: yeah uh, yeah absolutely i mean you know alcohol tears down the gut lining causes inflammation plus plus it slows down the liver so you know sometimes just putting somebody through a detox will help them lose weight
1: are you struggling with bloating gas constipation and fatigue but don't know what's causing these problems the gut health reset podcast with dr Anne marie barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut this podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health. Today on the Gut Health Reset podcast, we are talking about how gut health impacts weight loss and how it might not be about calories in, calories out. How it could be more about gut inflammation, mitochondrial dysfunction, hormone Dysregulation and some of the things that can cause gut inflammation can be as broad as food or toxins or gut bugs. So, what we're going to talk about is how to rebuild your microbiota using diet and also how to satisfy your hunger by having the right microbiome, how to build back up your immune system and decrease inflammation. We're also talking about the liver and gut connection and touching again on short chain fatty acids. Thank you all so much for being here today on the gut health reset podcast. I'm your host, and back with us again is Miss Alexis Appleberry, who is a functional nutritionist who works right here out of my practice at Alternative Family Medicine and Chiropractic. So she is going to lead the way on this, and the thing that actually got her very interested in this topic was she struggled with her own weight issues, and that actually led her into investigating functional medicine. Hey, Alexis, it is awesome to have you back. I am super excited to talk about what we're talking about today. And I think a lot of people are going to be interested in this topic. Don't you agree?
0: Yeah, it's a great topic.
1: Yes. So today we are talking about how gut health actually influences your weight. So let's just dive right into it, right? So, how does gut health? actually impact our weight?
0: Okay. Well, that old concept that it's just about calories in and calories out is really kind of old science. So we know that it has a lot more to do with other factors as to why people can't lose weight. So your gut health can affect your weight in a couple of different ways. So maybe we can break down the first one. So the first one, be gut inflammation. So if you have a gut inflammation, inflammation in itself can affect your weight because it has an effect on the cells in the pancreas that produce insulin. They produce too much insulin, then you become insulin resistant. That triggers your body to store fat, especially around your stomach. The other thing that inflammation will do is it will also have an effect on leptin. And leptin is the hormone that tells your body that you're full. And then the third way that inflammation can affect your weight loss is because it also damages the mitochondria. Mitochondria make ATP. And if they can't convert energy into food, they're going to start storing it. So, and then maybe we can backtrack or we can talk about the things that cause gut inflammation and then how gut inflammation can go systemic.
1: Okay, so let's talk about the things that actually cause gut inflammation and how do we know if we have gut inflammation?
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So, the things that cause inflammation, I'm just going to go back to those five things foods, which is probably the most common, bugs. And when I say bugs, I mean viruses, bacteria, parasites, toxins, stress, and hormones. So any of those things can cause inflammation. If any of those things are off, but let's take, for example, gluten. So each time that you eat gluten, it tears down the gut lining. Even if you do not have an immune response to gluten, it's still the most inflammatory food that there is. So this but will, a,
1: but I just ate a little bit of gluten.
0: Yeah, it just doesn't work like that because it's because it triggers an immune response, and that inflammation can last for, in an extreme case, if you're super sensitive, up to six months. But it, it lasts for a long time, so you can't just have a little bit of gluten. You know, you're, you're gonna you're gonna really back up your progress that you've made from being gluten free for a week or two.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: And so. We've, we've talked about bugs in previous episodes and we'll kind of link those below. And we've talked about hormones and stress also in another episode. And so we will link those also below. So you said, um, so some of the other things that are causing gut inflammation. So you said food and bugs are, are, are two things. What was the third one that I missed? Toxins,
0: toxins. Okay. And, you know, pesticides, fungicides. So if you're not eating organic, not only will they cause inflammation, they're also going to disrupt your microbiome, which is another thing that we'll get into. Okay. So let's just dig into that. So
1: how, I mean, because foods, bugs, and toxins are all going to interrupt the the microbiome. And we know that the microbiome is is a key factor in helping us lose or gain weight, et cetera, whatever we need to do. So how do those disrupt our microbiota?
0: Um, There's been a lot of science to back that up. So I'm sure you've probably heard of the fecal transplants
2: Mm -hmm.
0: where they took the microbiome from obese mice and put it into the skinny mice, and the skinny mice became obese. And then they took the microbiome from the skinny mice and put it into the obese mice, and they became thin. So we know that your microbiome is a key factor. So we know that if you have an imbalance in bacteria in your gut, if you're eating a Western diet, then you're going to have an abundance of bacteroides, and that will cause you to gain weight. If you're eating more of a plant-based diet, those fibers, then you're going to have firm and that will help you lose weight. And the reason why is because those foods create short-chain fatty acids. So the the microbes in your gut digest the fiber. They produce short-chain fatty acids. And the short-chain fatty acids do a few key things. What they do is, first of all, they regulate your immune system. Which is also regulating your inflammatory response. And we already talked about inflammation. The other thing that short-chain fatty acids do is they also trigger a hormone called PYY. That controls your hunger. The other thing the short-chain fatty acids do is that they also trigger something called lipoprotein lipase. That helps burn body fat. And then the third thing that short-chain fatty acids do to help us lose weight is they also trigger an enzyme called AMPK. That is a master switch for your metabolism. That'll switch you from burning glucose to fatty acids. And that's your existing body fat.
1: That's a great tip and piece of advice. I mean, that is gold. So if we have weight To lose, and we're like, yes, I really am trying to lose weight. I'm eating all the right foods, but I can't seem to lose weight. What foods are going to promote this bacteria that we need in our microbiota?
0: Right. So, our microbiota is comprised of the foods that we eat. So, if you're eating plant based foods, you're eating fiber, then the bacteria in your gut is going to digest that and you're going to produce the short chain fatty acids so plant based diet that's why so many people have really you know great results from eating mostly plant based diet for losing weight because not only is it anti-inflammatory but it's full of that healthy fiber
1: is are there any foods to really avoid when we are really building up our microbiota
0: well anything that's inflammatory so you know gluten dairy Alcohol is going to not only affect the liver and our metabolism, but it's also going to tear down the gut lining. Um, you know, anything, anything that's really an inflammatory food. So, um, sugars, refined carbohydrates, processed foods, none of those things have fiber in them. And those are, those types of foods are going to be feeding the bacteroides.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. So You also mentioned something that I want to circle back to, which I think was um, awesome. You talked about initially that the mitochondria can't make ATP, which will also cause us to have some weight problems. So how do we fix dysfunctional mitochondria?
0: Well, you want to find the cause of why the mitochondria is dysfunctioning which, uh, you know, which, which is usually inflammation. So you want to find the source of the inflammation, but then, you know, we can take some things to give the mitochondria a little bit of a boost, like, you know, um, CoQ10, um, acetyl L-carnitine, um, NAD, but we really want to try to find the, you know, the source of why the mitochondria is dysfunctioning.
1: Absolutely.
0: And maybe B vitamins
1: as well, because sometimes B vitamins have a big impact on that.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. So maybe we can circle back to that because again, if you have gut inflammation and then the epithelial cells are not able to make the enzymes, your digestive enzymes, then in turn, you can have malabsorption and have nutritional deficiencies. And if you're not getting some of the the nutrition that you need, you might not have the cofactors That your body needs for those anti inflammatory responses. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, if we're not absorbing
1: our food, you know, because I don't know about you, but I see a lot of malabsorption. And you mentioned with the pancreas, uh, which I think is a pretty overlooked factor, you know, with stomach acid, for example, and also fat absorption. How do we make sure? that somebody is absorbing their foods. And what are some keynotes that we would see that maybe they weren't some symptoms that maybe we would, that we would see
0: that they weren't really absorbing some of the good nutrients that they're eating? Mm-hmm. Well, if they're lacking HCL, maybe they eat protein and it feels like a rock in their stomach. So um, she probably had some patients say, no, 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 you know, I don't like protein I kind of stay away from it. That's, that's a sure sign there. I and mean, if, they're, if they're, burping after they're eating. So it can be an imbalance in bacteria, but it could also be that they're not digesting their food well. And then if your stools are floating, that means you've got too much fat in your stool. And if you're, you know, if you have a loose stools, so, you know, it can be a look at symptoms like that to see if you're not really digesting your food. And sometimes you can just see undigested food in your stool.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a great tip. And I want to move into a
1: little bit, because we mentioned gallbladder and you're hitting a couple, you know, the hepatic system, you know, liver gallbladder region. And so I want to know why the liver is so important
0: in our gut health. Well, there is a connection between the gut and the liver. So if somebody has leaky gut and those bacteria and those toxins Are leaking through and they're not going through the proper channels, that's going to put stress on the liver. And normally the liver is supposed to be metabolizing all of those toxins. But when the liver is stressed, it's going to make more fat cells to store the toxins. And that'll slow down your metabolism.
2: Mm -hmm. What would we,
1: you know, I, I just want to bring up an interesting case. You know, I think a lot more people drank you know, during 2020 and, you know, people just gained massive amounts of weight, but nothing changed Mm -hmm. in their diet. And I'm assuming that this would be a prime example of what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. uh, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, alcohol tears down the gut lining, causes inflammation plus, plus it slows down the liver. So, you know, sometimes just putting somebody through a detox will help them lose weight. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. uh, Without changing anything else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: So, and you know, I think when the liver gets overwhelmed, you can't deal with all the environmental toxins that we're exposed to day in and day out and everything gets backed up. And it's just, it goes back to your inflammation comment that you have to reduce the inflammation. Am I, am I correct in assuming that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, again, we, we you know, if we have that inflammatory response. It's going to be doing those same things. It's going to be damaging the mitochondria. It's going to have an effect on our hormones and it's going to cause insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. So all these things, that's a great thing about functional medicine mm-hmm. is that all of these things are interconnected. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, we're
1: hitting inflammation home, right? Because everything is going back to this. What is the root cause of this inflammation? Let's address this root cause. But how does the immune system, inflammation, and gut, how are these all tied together? And why is the
0: immune system important in, in weight loss, for example? hmm Well, if you have gut inflammation, so again, let's go back to gluten or maybe a bacterial infection, and you have inflammation in the gut. Over time, you can develop leaky gut. So now a healthy gut immune system. So there's, we know 80% of your immune system is in the gut. So within the gut lining, you have secretory IgA. Those are immune cells that they envelop antigens or pathogens and they carry them out of the system. Below the epithelial lining in the submucosa, that was, that was where most of your immune system resides. And what it does is it reaches up through the gut, it samples the proteins, and it decides what proteins to create an immune response to. Now, once those gut linings are open, then all of the undigested food, any of the bacteria, and pathogens, parasites. Now the immune system has access to all of that. It's not supposed to be dumped in there that quickly. Now the immune system's dysregulated, and now you have an immune response. So those inflammatory cytokines go systemic. Now you have systemic inflammation, which is why when people have leaky gut, they may have aches or pains anywhere in their body. They might not have any gut symptoms. So they do not necessarily attribute the leaky gut, to their aches and pains.
1: So many people struggle with bloating, bowel issues, brain fog, fatigue. You might not even have any gut issues, but did you know the cause of it could be food sensitivities or gut infections? What I have done is I have brought a talented, functional nutritionist into my practice. We have very similar training in the nutritional world and her name is Alexis Appleberry. She is awesome. So you can head on over to our website, alt alt fam, FAM med med, and have a consultation with her and schedule so that she can help you get to the root cause of your problems. And I want to circle back um, because, you know, I've seen a lot of Everly Well food sensitivity tests come in. Um, you know, folks have run that on their own and they've run this Everly Well food sensitivity test and um, it's not correlated really to what potentially they have going on. Because when we run a stool test, right, they have leaky gut, they have pathogens, they have environmental exposure. And when we get this Everly Well test back, you know, you can't eat broccoli, you can't eat bell peppers, you can't eat onions, you can't eat cauliflower. And there's like, you know, a ton of different foods on that. So what's your theory on you know, we, we talked a little bit last time about good food sensitivity tests and not so good food sensitivity tests, but how does that food sensitivity play in to a leaky gut and an immune system dysfunction?
0: Well, if you're not digesting your food properly, again, the, your, your, your body is supposed to break down your food into peptides. And when it doesn't do that, it doesn't recognize it. So that's going to create an immune response. So that's why you can come back, you know, sensitive to lots and lots of different foods. And again, when you have leaky gut, those tight junctions are open. Then your immune system is hyper, it's, it's overzealous, and you start reacting to everything. So once we can fix the leaky gut, find the source of the inflammation, and then a lot of times those food sensitivities will reduce Quite like dramatically, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly, because it's you know it's
1: we're measuring the immune system and those, and so if you're way high or way low, we're going to definitely see maybe some false, uh, false uh, maybe positives, right, right, there. Right,
0: right. So it, so again, so we're we're trying to find the root cause. Mm-hmm. We're not just looking at the food sensitivity test and saying, look, you're sensitive to all these foods. Let's just remove all the foods. And, and again, that ties back to the microbiome, right? So the less foods that you eat, the less diversity you have in your microbiome. And, you know, that's not only bad for your immune system, but again, it's, it can cause weight gain and that, that, that could be the reason why you're having trouble losing weight. You have one of the best tips for
1: incorporating new fruits, new vegetables into your diet. Can you go over that tip again? Cause I just think it's so cool.
0: Sure. Well, you know, uh, I'm sure we've all had patients and you you tell them to eat, eat more vegetables, right? And if there are certain vegetables that somebody just doesn't like, they're probably not going to eat them. They might, they might do it once or twice. So this is kind of an easy way to get down more diverse plant-based fibers than just cooking them. So here's what I suggest is go to the supermarket, even maybe like a foreign market where there's vegetables that you have never eaten before. So the ones that you've never eaten, those are better because you do not have the bacteria for those. So go pick five vegetables that you hate, that you don't like, that you never eat and put them in a blender. Try to make it taste good. You can put in, you can put in some fruit. You can put in some coconut milk. If you have your favorite protein powders that might be sweetened with monk fruit. Again, we want to put healthy things in there. And then blend it all up and then just even get down like a couple of tablespoons of that or a quarter of a cup of that and have that once a day, twice a day is better. And that will help increase your microbiome diversity. And the next week, you do the same thing over again. You cook five new vegetables and you just keep rotating. Mm
1: -hmm. That's I think an awesome tip because we are just creatures of habit and we go back to what we know. And I mean, myself included. So I have a really, I I eat a lot of just green vegetables, but I'm not eating as much of the rainbow. And so that's one of my struggles. I mean, I struggle with it too. And so I need to eat a little bit more of the rainbow with vegetables. I just Mm -hmm. go to Old Faithful. And I think that that is just such an easy Tip to really be able to bring different types of foods in.
0: Yeah. And another trick that I like to use is if I do not eat all my vegetables, I will supplement with short chain fatty acids. So I'm kind of bypassing the process there. But I mean, if you really, really want to kickstart your metabolism, you can do the veggie mash that I was talking about and then take the short chain fatty acids on top of it and then just see your microbiome diversity explode.
1: And we talked a little bit about this in a different episode, but I just want to reiterate it because I've actually gotten some questions about this. So number one, what are short chain fatty acids and where do we get them? Either A, and it sounds like with different vegetables, we'll definitely feed the microbiota. But if we don't want to do that, say, and I I can hear a lot of people out there saying, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing the vegetable trick. No, thank you. How do we
0: supplement with them Right. So short chain fatty acids are produced when our bacteria digest the fiber that we eat. It's basically their poop now, but they have a lot of different benefits. So they're actually signaling messengers. But if you're not eating the vegetable fibers, you can supplement with um, a short chain fatty acid supplement that has butyrate, propionate and acetate in it. You will find a lot of short chain fatty acid supplements out there with just butyrate Because, I mean, arguably it it probably does have the most effect, but we naturally make the butyrate, propanate, and the acetate. So all three are important. Wonderful.
1: And, you know, so I just want to summarize kind of what we've gone over. So we just touched on, you know, incorporating different foods into your diet, to diversify your microbiome, specifically maybe going to a different type of supermarket, etc., and picking out vegetables that you don't generally eat. And the other thing is we talked about how to supplement with short-chain fatty acids if, if you're not willing to do that. We talked about what is causing inflammation and how that has an impact on the microbiome. And those things are being, you know, number one, gut inflammation that leads to systemic inflammation, mitochondrial dysfunction, and this can come from foods, bugs, and toxins. And also having a microbiome that is disrupted um, and making sure that we um, have the correct
0: diversity of, of, the microbiome. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but sometimes just eating a healthy diet isn't enough Mm
2: -hmm.
0: because if you have another source of inflammation, it's not coming from your food, then we really need to find the source that inflammation. So let's say that you have a bacterial infection. So, you know, if you have a pathogenic bacteria, um, I think that somebody was asking whether or not, um, you know, bacterial infection can affect weight loss. Well, it really depends on what type of bacteria we're talking about. So if it's something pathogenic, um, something like E. coli or gerdia or salmonella, you know, those things can cause, you know, some pretty severe diarrhea. Now, if you wanna talk about just bacterial imbalance, like SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and those ty- that can actually cause constipation. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: depending on which uh, what what you have, SIBO wise,
0: right? Exactly. Do you have a methane or do you have a hydrogen group? Right. In- exactly, because it can cause constipation or diarrhea, or you could actually alternate between the two. Absolutely. Awesome. And then we also talked about the foods that are going to
1: deplete your microbiota. Um, specifically, we really hit on alcohol um, was the biggest one. Um, And then also, you know, how the liver is, is affected and how the liver gut connection kind of correlates back together. What did I not ask you about that's important for the microbiome and weight?
0: Um, I think, I think you, we we touched on that pretty well, but maybe we didn't go into necessarily how hormones can be affected by your diet. Okay. Do you want to touch on that? Sure. So when you have insulin surges, um, that can affect your estrogen. So your estrogen modulates insulin um, it also modulates inflammation so too much or too little estrogen can, can have an effect on your weight. So if you have um, and inflammation will also impact testosterone. So because we know that that for men if you have too much inflammation, it affects the lytic cells that make testosterone and we know that testosterone is responsible for building muscle mass and we know that muscle, burns more fat. So making sure that your hormones are balanced and that you're not having too much inflammation, that can actually have an effect on your weight as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep.
1: Very much agree. How would we know um, if we had too much estrogen?
0: So if you didn't have too much estrogen, um, well, First of all, you, you might notice that you're gaining too much weight, you know, especially around the trunk area. Um, but you also might be feeling moody, overwhelmed. Um, you might actually notice that you have more inflammation. So you might be getting more aches and pains. Okay.
2: Awesome. And, 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 all,
0: and also for a woman, it's very important for her cognitively. So maybe noticing that you're, um, you're maybe not as sharp as you used to be, or um, your personality could be a little bit flat. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, All right. Um, And then how
1: would women notice, you know, uh, if they had maybe too much testosterone?
0: Well, you can start to get acne or facial hair. So women that have PCOS, I've got an increase in testosterone, but that's actually created because of the insulin surges. So that's why balancing our blood sugar is really important for modulating those hormones.
1: And on the flip side, with men you know because the biggest complaint with men generally is hey i feel like i don't have enough testosterone i feel flat i feel not as energetic as i once was i'm craving more sugars um mm-hmm. i can't work out as long my stamina isn't as long so what are we seeing with uh what are some of the i guess addition are there any additional symptoms that you generally see with reduced
0: testosterone in men Right. So if men are, if they have inflammation or they don't have stable blood sugar, so if an insulin surges, they can start converting that testosterone to estrogen. Mm -hmm. And so then that's when these men, you know, they start to have more of a personality like a woman. So they start to feel a little bit more weepy, um, maybe not as aggressive, not as strong. And, you know, then they'll have more inflammation. And um... so the keynote
1: is really to reduce the um, inflammation in men so that they can naturally make the testosterone that they have um, and not be converting into estrogen. So yeah, I think that that's that's great. Okay, Um, awesome. Well, is there anything else that we
0: didn't talk about that's important? Uh, we could talk about stress, okay, and and how stress can actually affect weight gain. Okay, so we know we know that stress has a huge impact on the immune system, and when we are constantly in sympathetic mode, we are in fight or flight. Our body cannot rest, digest, and restore. And when our immune system is dysregulated again, that can cause inflammation, and that can be. Another key factor in you know optimizing your metabolism.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, too
1: much cortisol in the system, right? And so that's going to. What are you going to notice? Are you going to notice a lot more belly fat, or um, what are you going to also
0: notice if you have too high levels of cortisol? At too high levels of cortisol, yeah, you're going to start gaining weight, and especially in your gut area.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I just find, you know, and we talked about a little bit of this, um, in the past, but I find folks that come in and that are under a chronic amount of stress, just don't respond as well to protocols. They take a lot longer to respond. The healing takes a lot longer because just the constant stress, the detox pathways are a little bit, um, are impaired more so, and they just don't feel as good going through the process.
0: Yeah. You know, stress has a huge effect on our immune system. And that's why we talk about how important the gut is because 80% of the immune system is in the gut. So, so much of what we're seeing today, you know, is really a reflection of, you know, being stressed out, Mm -hmm. you know, and, 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 an immune system that's, you know, that's stuck in sympathetic mode.
1: In my own personal experience, I've run with a pretty high level of stress and um, I was exposed to mold years ago and living in that high stress state, I'm still testing for mold on some of my labs um, about a year ago that was still disrupting my mitochondria and I have not lived in a moldy house for, you know, five plus years. And so that's how long it took for my body to reset when I lived under constant stress and forget my microbiome because I was flatlined because I ran through that. So, I mean, I think that that's a real, uh, like a correlation to exactly what you're saying. And for, and my hormones also were just flatlined as I was going through that. And the big thing that I needed to change was my stress levels. And I think that, that that had made, that did make the biggest impact on all of it.
0: Yeah. It can take quite a while to get your immune system calmed down. Even when people have multiple food sensitivities and we put them on a diverse diet and, and we take care of all the underlying causes, it can take about six months sometimes, and sometimes even longer to get the immune system calmed down. And we know that people that have got, you know, adrenal fatigue, it can sometimes take a year, you know, to boost that back up. So it's really important that you stay on top of your stress. And, you know, when we talk about stress, it's not just necessarily from environmental things or emotional stress. It can be physical stress as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Mine was all of the above. So um, that's what a picture shows you. And I was eating the right diet. I don't drink alcohol, et cetera. The kind of list goes on and on that me doing all the right things, but stress was definitely the big barrier in my own health. And I can see that over and over and over again, because it's not something that you can, you can cognitively see on a daily basis. You're like, okay, I'll get through it. Okay. I can do this. I can just add this on the plate and get through it, but it's just slowly tearing you down. And so I think that that's a really important message to, to gently shift the lifestyle. If you're struggling with this.
0: Yeah. Well, as humans, we're great at adapting to our environment. Mm-hmm. That's what we Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And it becomes normal for us. Yeah. You know, until 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 somebody can actually point it out and we can recognize that if you don't have any time for yourself where you're doing nothing and you're just taking care of yourself, you're stressed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I recommend that my patients that are really stressed out and you take a one day and you just do nothing. You just you just take care of yourself. And then on a daily basis, trying to implement things like yoga and meditation you know, reading something positive, taking that time to just calm down and rest and restore, making sure you're in good relationships, you know, positive affirmations will help calm you down. And then you can put your body back in parasympathetic mode and it can rest and restore and digest. Yes. Awesome tips today. So
1: Thank you as always for coming on, sharing your amazing knowledge and insight. And I think that this has just been very enlightening episode. I think that folks will get a lot out of this. Um, So thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Awesome. And thank you guys so much for being here with us, listening, supporting us. We love to have you. We love your feedback on additional things that you'd like to cover on the podcast. So. Please subscribe, say hello, and always let us know what you want to hear more of. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne-Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.